Hello, and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name is Cole, and this is Gavin. Gavin, say hello to the people. What's up, people? It's Gavin here, founder of seps.io and the host of T-Shirt Business Podcast. So this week we have Jared Greer and um, it's going to be a slightly different episode because we're going to kind of go into like ups and downs of a small business and try to figure out if we can help solve some different problems. Jared, can you tell everyone a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. What's up, everybody? My name is Jared Greer. I am the owner operator of Press Coverage Custom T-Shirts up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota or a suburb of Minneapolis. And I've uh, been printing. Well, I started screen printing in 2009, just messing around like me and another friend of mine. We were working together at the a local grocery store and going to college and stuff. And uh, we had this idea, we we're going to you know, start our own clothing line. And so we were basically went to some printer, screen printer, and we're paying, you know, up the nose for t-shirts that had, you know, five color prints and six, you know, three locations. And, you know, we're paying, we're only ordering t- 20 shirts or whatever. And so basically we were, ended up you know, giving them away to our friends for free. And uh, it was kind of like starting that like brand, you know, it was really kind of a tough deal. And I, and we didn't really have the traction um, that I feel like other people are have nowadays with a lot of the other social medias and stuff. And then we thought, well, that was pretty expensive. What if we just learned to screen print ourselves, you know? And so I literally was on the internet. I went to the library and like rented books and we basically found a plan online and built our own little four color press in our garage. Mm, And so we were fiddling around out there. I mean, we had no idea like what the hell we were doing, but we were just trying to explore and do some of these shirts, make some shirts that we thought with a cool, you know, brand or logo. Mm -hmm. And uh, still, you know, we thought they were cool, but other people were like, we don't really get it, you know? And we were like, yeah. And then it was sort of like, ding. It was like, oh man, we're sitting here trying to print our own shirts that we think's cool and nobody thinks they're cool. We're just giving them away for free. But like, what if we printed what other people wanted on a t-shirt, you know? That was just us kind of silly, you know? We were, that was like the first kind of thing. We did a few like random stuff, but we didn't actually like have a, a business or anything. We were just kind of fiddling around. We were like, out at this time we were outsourcing some of our screens to like a local, it's Northwest Graphics is what they're called, but they're like a local screen print um, supply store and stuff like that. So we ended up outsourcing the screens to them. And so we just kept printing these shirts. And then we drove them all up there and dropped them off, made some money. And then it just, we like, it was all cash because it was just kids that were just buying the shirts. I met this guy who owned a sporting goods store. And in the back of the store was all this screen print equipment that he had just bought. And because he was planning on running this store and he thought he could screen print, you know, jerseys and stuff out of the back, but it was just kind of him. And I was like, oh man, look at all this. This is awesome. You know, like an actual exposure unit and like an actual all like Vastex equipment manual press and a nice uh eco 2 dryer econo 2 dryer and so uh i was like oh man this stuff's awesome i've been you know screen printing in my garage for like the last couple of years and he's like no oh cool you want to like come work for me and help me out and like do my screen printing for me so i was like yeah that'd be awesome so i went in and would do like all the screen printing for him right and then I would like do some of my stuff after I did his stuff and it worked out for a little while. I kind of made a deal with the guy from the sporting good place. And I was like, Hey, how about I like buy all this equipment from you and then I move it out, but I still do all your stuff for you. And I just kind of like lease to own it. And so we like wrote up a little thing and went to the 
bank and had it notarized. And I just basically would like write him a check for the payment for the equipment every month. But he was sending me enough business to like pay for that. So mm. I was like working my ass off and then still working downtown and still going to school. And then like the best part was my wife now, but it was my dating her and her parents live on Prior Lake and they had like a underground like workshop, you know, that you can kind of access from the back. And uh, my father-in-law was like, if you can clean it up, you can work down there. So I like moved all the shit down there and I worked down there on the manual for years. So yeah, I, I quit my job and then I was like, just kind of going, doing that full time. I joined a networking group and that was kind of how I got a lot of my business at first. This word of mouth and kind of like staying small and, and I didn't have a whole lot of overhead because I was like working out of my in-laws place basically. I wanted to grow to the next level. And now I feel like I'm still just on a manual, you know, banging out, banging out jobs. And I would do all sorts of jobs from you know, 12 pieces to like I said, 800 piece jobs and I'd be fucking printing on a manual. Now, are you running on an auto yet or are you still on the manual? Yeah. So now I'm going to have a shop in Shakopee and I have E-Type auto. So I've been printing on that for six months. The big thing that everyone sees when they get an auto is that they um, they don't have enough work, basically. So like you go from being overwhelmed by 500 shirts in a week, doing 500 shirts in two or three hours, even by yourself. Uh, yeah. um, so what's it like as far as managing new sales? And is there any issues that you're having with getting in the new clients? So yeah, I mean, there's always like... You never have enough work, but I, I also find that like, it's pretty sporadic too, where like Minnesota, like things kind of follow the seasons a lot too. And so we don't have like a lot of people ordering hundreds of shirts, you know, January, February and stuff like that. I'm sure that's a lot, it's the same for a lot of shops, but like really kind of hampers that down. I can't keep enough steady business. So I'm, and I find myself also too, it's like sell the stuff and then like kind of printing the stuff. I have some, but some people that kind of help me with some things, but it's not like I'm have a whole crew that's working 40 hours a week all the time. It's kind of like, it kind of comes and goes like you were saying. So that's is sort of an issue where I'm at. I need to like spend some more money on, you know, marketing and stuff like that to kind of just keep Flow, I don't even know if you need to market right now because what I'm always jealous of about play, people who are in a in a city like you is that you don't have the kind of crazy leases we have. And then I don't know if your minimum wage is similar to ours, but you probably don't have near like the same overhead that you would have in like a Southern California location. And if I were you, I would just pick up the phone and talk to some of those people that either do contract printing or like a marketing agency. And mm -hmm. you could have just two clients and you'll feel like you have to buy, you have to get more staff. So that's kind of where I'm at. You don't like... need to be running Google ads for a random city you know, in Minnesota, what you yeah. really need one client who's maybe not even in your state throwing you 3000 units a month, like that's yeah. what you need. You actually yeah. need Google ads where you're paying $30 a day in Google ads. I don't even think it makes nice. sense for you. They're that makes like me feel better because I'm not actually like doing that. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing that. But what I have kind of focused on, like you said, is I have two pretty are like my two main clients. One of them is is uh, right on Main Street in Prior Lake. So like people come in there and he's like a promotional mm -hmm. products guy, right? So he just does everything. And then he just, I do all his, I do all his screen printing for him. So he's, you yeah. know, I'll just like wake up on Monday morning and have, you know, three emails from him and then I'll get another one on Wednesday or whatever. And shit just comes in and that's awesome, but the margins aren't as high. Right. So it's like, you're kind of busting your butt and then making enough to like pay for the labor. You know, she's out in Montana 
And so she sends me stuff that I'm always doing for like Montana and Ohio. And I think that's where I also feel like I have a trouble, like how do you market like stuff for say I'm doing work for this promotional products company. It's for like a brewery and whatever. And I want to like take pictures and like put it on my Instagram, but like they went to this guy and so they don't know that like I was actually doing the work. So I don't want to like yeah. promote it and like, you know, basically be competing against him, you know, type things. We literally just finished like 3000 units that I can't share online right now. Yeah. Um, and we've done that with multiple bands and stuff, especially last season when the tours were really heavy. We were doing a lot of printing with Culture Studio as like a, you know, like if they had a concert in L.A., it was cheaper for us to do it than it was for them to like two day air everything to the venue. So there would be jobs where they would have us like do a band and it's all that stuff ends up being like NDA. And it is kind of a bummer. Um, So you might be in that situation with this guy. But yeah. just looking at the website, you definitely haven't really showed case there's nothing really wrong with your printing but the photos are very kind of random you know like you're not going to have like a corporate client go on your website at the moment and then be like oh okay we're gonna give this guy 10 grand a week um in orders right because you don't have the like the professional look you seem like it's still kind of like a small town shop which you don't have to be you can be a national shop because i have clients in new york there's no reason for them to use me other than they just trust that we're going to get it done on time gavin i know you kind of did a little bit of an audit on his website did you want to go into that a little bit yeah i mean even before that because I, I was when he was talking i was hearing a lot of the things i struggle with when i started in the beginning, I was where are where's the business gonna come from? Like, mm -hmm. as the phone is not ringing all the time, email is not just flowing in. We tried a few things, and here's one thing that kind of worked out for me. I know it's not like super sexy or something like that, but what one of the things that we did, and we ended up getting really one of our best client this way, was like, all right. So I looked around uh, where my shop was at. It was a industrial area. Plus, it was a lot of churches around our, just like driving to my shop, I used to see a bunch of churches. I was like, huh, mm -hmm. okay, how about this? If I just go to Google and make a list of all the churches that's nearby, because that's just naturally what I saw, right? And just walk in. What I did was order some catalog from our local distributor, and they was giving those away for free, and go to those church and just see what happened. So I walked into a few churches that these churches are like bigger size church and they would open like the, not just on Sundays, they had like an office where you could just walk in. So you mm -hmm. have to kind of target the right, if it's churches, you got to just target the right uh, churches. And for us, the mindset was like, all right, so it has to be a big enough church where it makes sense. It can't be like a small mom and pop that has like 50 members or whatever. I got an order right on the spot. I didn't even get an order for the church. I got an order for from the receptionist that was there just receiving people. She mm -hmm. had a clothing line that she wanted to just do on on the side. And I just walked in, hey, I'm this t-shirt guy. Here's my shop down to whatever. Here's a catalog I would like to talk to whatever. She's like, and she's like, well, I'll pass the information on to them. I got a clothing line. You want to help me with that? And, you know, I helped her out with that. And then she ended up telling people around the church. And later on, that church just, that church kept me 
up for a long time because they would just order constantly. So it's like for you, it's like where you are, if you could find something that could give you that recurring type of business, restaurant does that a lot. Don't underestimate restaurant. I used to actually, I didn't think of it like this, but like restaurants, even a small restaurant that has five people, those five people need five shirts, right? And restaurant goes through people like often. They, their turnovers are crazy. So they <laughs> always ordering shirts i don't know what they do to their shirts but roofers go through crazy numbers of shirts they just yeah, trash them. yeah i do a lot of shirts for like contractor construction companies and landscape companies landscapers is like awesome too this time of year they're always ordering enough stuff for their new crew that they gotta hire up you know every year they got a new crew basically my approach would be if you could you won't be able to hit everybody just because like you want to kind of keep it tight where you could do it yourself let's say you take a few hours out of the day you could literally hit a couple of shops that's the same you like or a couple of business that's the same because you'll notice they want the same thing. They speak the same way. And that could just be that person, that that market that you service, right? But it's also, it's door to door. Yeah, I mean, I think when you do that too, like I've name dropped their competitors to them as my client mm -hmm. and it works amazingly well. Like if you know that there's the, like this guy is always trying to basically compete with this guy just because they're in the same locale. If they already know that you're doing their shirts and this is why they're getting good stuff, then you can basically just name drop your clients to get new clients. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. So that I would be do things that, that doesn't scale because like ads, you're trying to scale, right? You're trying to reach a bunch of people all at the same time. Yeah. And I think our last guest, uh, Kevin says this, uh, he's the guy, he does, he talks about outbound sales and he teach people how to sell. One of the things he does, like in the beginning, you're not going to have like marketing strength. You're not going to have the strength of your business where people know you like that. It takes time and it takes know-how to build a brand. But it doesn't take that much for you to just go out and just talk to people. It doesn't take that much for you to just like go to an event. Your challenge is to make it in a way where you could manage it, right? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like, I need to now, I need to have somebody at the shop, you know, doing work where right now I'm kind of at my house because my shop's too noisy. It's, I don't have like an office in my shop. So with people, yeah. you know, I got people with, with the dang compressor on and, you know, cleaning screens and whatnot. I completely took off when I finally had somebody be on the press and I was off the press. Yeah. I mean, I'm I need a... still completely capable of running a press, but I do it because like people are out sick or we're desperate at like the end of a Friday. That's the only reason I step in. And like, right. if you ask, if you ask my staff, I barely ever print. Well, um, you're the owner, right? That, you should be working on the business, not in the business, right? And yeah, exactly. Like, that's where I've got, I've got a lot of, you know, business experience as far as like, I went to school for business marketing and stuff like that at the U. And so it's like, I've, I've kind of got a lot a good understanding of it, but I was kind of running into that where, when I was at, the shop, my in-laws place, I didn't really want to have, you know, couldn't really hire somebody that I didn't really know to be there, you know, type thing. And then even when it was at my house, I was like, I don't want to have somebody here, you know? And so now I kind of have like a shop, but I still have this weird like feeling where I don't want to like hire somebody like that I don't know, or I don't trust, you know, stuff like that. So like, I'm always hiring like people that like, I know, you know, or whatever. And then you'll have like turnover and stuff like that. So like, how yeah. do you kind of like, get over that and just sort of 
that's the constant struggle. Like even right now we got some new part-timers and stuff. And I basically had to meet like six, seven people. And like two of them are going to end up actually being good for us. And so there is always going to be that with hires. People will either be a great interview and bad when they actually start working or whatever it is. I personally don't like hiring people I know because I'd rather them just like stay friends and I don't have to have this bizarre guilt like, oh, I yeah. can't let off my friend even though he sucks. You know, I don't really want to have that connection. Even though we get along with everyone who's working here. It's not like we're torturing them. But um, yeah, but yeah, it is like it is one of those things where you do need a little bit of separation. So like hiring buddies has been one of like the greatest poisons I've seen in most shops mm -hmm. is unless your buddy is like like if I worked with Gavin, then that would be probably great. But if I like worked with some of my friends with high school, nothing would ever get done, you know, so like maybe certain people are a good partner, but it's not going to work like that when you're like hiring your buddy who happens to be unemployed because he already sucks at other jobs. And then you like put him in the business and it's like, well, what do you think? Why do you think he didn't get a job before? Like there's a reason yeah. he's available. Well, so. a lot of what I'm trying to do too is like meet people and kind of like, I guess I just need to, you know, interview them and stuff like that. But what I, I do, so I'm in the prior like rotary. I get a lot of like business just um, mm -hmm. from meeting people in that. And we have a big music festival that we do every year so that's like one of my huge accounts so i do i'm doing getting ready to do 1500 volunteer shirts which is like yeah. a pretty pretty good order and then we do all the merch and stuff and that's where i was asking you too so i live prints like in the vip area but because mm -hmm. i'm part of the rotary like it's kind of how i like give back you know so like i'm not charging them like hourly for me to be there yeah type mm -hmm. thing but then and then we are doing the profit sharing that's kind of why i wanted to ask you is because like i've had other people that want me to do it but i'm not sure like if it's because the way that i'm structured it for rotary was really to help them raise more money right and right it yeah. wasn't really for me to make a whole lot of money it was just kind of hey i'm a screen printer i'm in the rotary like this is what i can do to help you know type thing i like live printing like I, at this point we've done it for like I think five years and I get to go to Miami tomorrow because of it. So like <laughs> it can be amazing. Yeah. But I've seen the, some of your stuff on Instagram of like you, I think it was like Hyundai or something. You're at like yeah. a racetrack or something. You're doing all the racetrack. Stuff looks cool. Yeah. We're doing Hyundai um, for Miami. That's why I'm going out there. It's the, it's like a jet show for Memorial day. But so the thing about live printing is that we get calls at least once a week with people talking about some random event that they want. And even if they are like a legitimate business or a legitimate nonprofit or whatever, the possibility that they're going to make a lot selling is pretty slim. And so if you do some sort of profit share, you're gambling on someone who won't even gamble on themselves. Whereas if you do a deal where it's like an hourly rate and they pay your normal shop fee for every shirt, then you're guaranteeing like, hey, are you gonna get rid of these 500 shirts or not? And a lot of times my live printing is actually sponsored by some sort of corporation. So mm -hmm. they're promos and they're giveaways. They're not somebody walking up and deciding to let you print a shirt for them in front. Like you could even be at a massive fair and there might be 30,000 people that walk through that fair. But what's the point of you knocking out 45 shirts after standing in the sun all day? Like it's just, it's a bad waste of your time. And right. you can do so many more orders in your own shop. So the live printing, you really have to make them make it worth your while. You can't just show up at everything. I don't think it's worth your time. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't so, really done it much. That's kind of why I wanted to pick your brain on it before I started like going into it on another level besides what I've 
kind of doing as a donation basically gavin did it a lot too what did you experience yeah with the live printing it is not traditional screen printing like the the way that you think about it right you have to think about it differently i've heard somebody you have to think of it like you are a musician you go into a venue and they're going to pay you for what you're going to perform because a lot of the time when you go to these live events you are the main thing that's at the event right you are right. The, per the person that's keeping the energy up you are activating the place right so we right. have companies that flew, flew us out to las vegas to do an event for them we've uh done the biggest uh art show in miami where like uh, uh at art basil we've done that for a couple of years in a row where like this big company modelo they pretty much bought us out for the whole week a whole weekend to just run their whole show. We've had like celebrities that reached out and do stuff for them. We've even had to travel out of the country to do a live uh, printing event. It's about wow. positioning it differently because it ain't just t-shirt printing. It's right. really about like, if you're going to put this out as your as a part of your business, yeah, it, it could be on your website, but you have to treat it differently and you have to price it differently. And when you're pricing it, this whole thing, you're going to go sell t-shirt, get something from that's that model is not, that's not what you want to do. You're wasting your time. You're taking way yeah. too much risk. Like for example, we've had live events where we get paid $20,000 just to come and just do a live event. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of money that you want to go yeah. for. You just have to think of it differently and travel has to be covered. Your team has to be covered. And of course you have, you have to make it make sense for you at the end, you have to get some out of it as well. So you mm -hmm. actually, some of the biggest deals that we've had was from live event. Cause like, there's no, yep. there's no cap. Like who's, who's to say how much you should price it. And not only that, but with the live printing, the trust is matters way more than the price. Yeah. So like working with people like Adobe in the past and like, we're doing an event in a week and a half for uh esports that I don't think I can say which one it is, but we're doing like private parties for them. If I tell them it's $2,000 hourly plus the price of the items, or if I tell them it's $3,500 plus the price of the items, they don't care. What they need to know is that their event will look flawless because what happens in this chain is there's a corporate person who says they want to do something. Then that corporate person goes to another corporate person. Then that corporate person calls the marketing agency. Then the marketing agency hands it over to some random junior. And then the junior calls you on the phone and just gets random pricing out of you because they don't really know the details, but they know that if they're going to do it, then it has to be flawless. And so like half-assing live printing does not work. It has to be like a show, just like Gavin said, and it mm -hmm. has to be so clean. Like they do not want you to look like you're crafty and like whatever. They just want to be professional and it you're like a DJ, you know, like you show up, yeah. everything's perfect and then you fail. And so, yeah, I, I mean, we've been paid like more than $50,000 for one event. So like, what's your guys' favorite type of client, would you say? I don't know. For some reason, churches became easy because they were started getting around that we could do church and they have super easy jobs. Construction companies are super easy. Like if you could get construction companies, they all one logo, black ink on some, on a yellow shirt. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the reorder on those are crazy. Like... And they're ordering 500 shirts. Like if you could get a decent size uh, construction company that 
So those were my favorite clients. I didn't really like too much like clothing brand. That just wasn't my vibe. Yeah, yeah. It, it just take a lot of time. They so require picky. a lot of creativity. They want this type of placement. This art has to feel a certain way, which is all cool. Like, like it's cool. It's creative. But at the end of the day, it's like I spent a whole day on this project and I didn't make much. Right. Yeah. Right. And Cole's laughing over there because you do a lot of that brands and stuff and clothing lines out in LA, right? What we've had to do is alienate the small brands and there's just no way to do it other than with pricing. So we have, when somebody comes to you and it's like eight color front, three colors on the hip, inside tags, then a hit on the sleeve, then it's five color back. And then they ask you what your minimum is. It's like, that was, kill me. Yeah, that was me when like, I was trying to... <laughs> like what are you that doing that's where i feel like i've gotten most of my businesses just like i've been doing it for so long and then i was in you know networking things and met th those people and then they would refer me to other people and then i was you know in the rotary and i've just became kind of became the t-shirt guy you know and i would just yeah I'd, I'd, like every sale i did was like over coffee or like beer you know because i didn't have like a sale so it was like hey you know, let's go have a, you know, I just go have a one-to-one -one with them and just talk to them about, you know, what I do and what they do. And usually they would refer me to somebody else that needed something or they needed something. And that's how I've like stayed in business to where it's like, yeah, I have a, I have enough to like stay afloat, but I'm never, you know, as I grow, I have more overhead and then, you know, all yeah. the, you know, extra money's gone. So it's like, you kind of keep going back and forth, which is the idea, that but, you know, eventually I want to get to, you know, the three auto stage, you know, but as, as you've grown Cole, how does yes that, no. how's that look, you know, changing from one to two to three autos? You I know? mean, I have the exact same problem you have. Like we still feel slow in winter compared to like when we're slammed in summer. And I am always trying to figure out like, okay, how many part-timers do I need? Or do I want to get rid of this great guy, but I just do not have as much work. So I don't need 12 people. I only need like 10 or 11. And mm -hmm. then you're like, you know, it's like, what staff do you even keep if you're slowing down? And so like those kind of issues never go away. And even if you're staffing 100 people, you're still going to be like, oh, man, I only need 85 people. So now I'm paying payroll on 15 extra people, you know, like it, it's always an issue for every business. So just expect that the rest of your life. <laughs> and then besides well, that, I, what I would say is with one auto, if I were you, I would worry about getting sales that pay really well, like mm -hmm. figure out the best client for you and hopefully have them do big numbers. Yeah. And then maybe don't get another auto, just figure out somebody that you can outsource to that already has five autos or eight autos or whatever. So I would definitely go down that route. Like we have this one shop that we've been working with where we'll have them do all the folding, bagging, tagging, all that, because I don't want those machines. I don't have to do it all that often. You know, like there's just certain things that you don't need to do in house. And if you can do, you know, some big sales numbers yeah. and focus on the sales, because being a good salesperson is way more valuable than being a good printer. I guess for you right now, where you are is just shooting for those bigger type of contract. Like, yeah, I've kind of read, I read a book. Uh, I think I forget what it's called. I think it's like the pumpkin plan or something, but that was a great one where it's basically like you got all these pumpkins on the vine, right? And you kind of got to go clip off all the little ones so you get to the big one and then find more of those big ones. That's kind of why I was asking you guys, like, who's your favorite or what's your favorite type of client? 
And then you want to, you know, multiply that, you know, or like duplicate that style of client, you know, with the construction companies, you know, with the, some of the landscaping companies and things like that, you know, so those are the t- people I try to go after. And then it's nice to have, you know, the two like contract companies that I work for that are just always, you know, I just get emails or whatever that come in that kind of keeps, you know, the yeah. machines running and whatnot, but the margins aren't quite as high. So it's like, then I feel like the time spent on those is like, I should be selling other stuff and, you know, spending my time on projects where I'm making a higher margin, you know. I do think that changing topics a tiny bit, but it, it'll definitely matter when you're doing your sales with those types of clients. I think this website needs not necessarily an overhaul, like the skeleton's fine, but yeah. you for some reason are advertising that your shop is a mess. Yeah, I would overhaul like literally tonight, especially that SSL certificate. You got to figure out your security problem. But I mean, this is just like running on Squarespace. I think you just need to go in and change it. So I would say focus on that. You mentioned a book from Michael, uh, Mike McCallowitz, that if you are going to try to like clean up your website or just kind of understand how to put yourself out there where people could understand you in an easy way. And also you could just, where does it feel overwhelmed? Read this book by, that's called Story Brand by Donald Miller, right? It talks to you about just how to like, it gives you this whole framework on how to like, what to say, how to say it, how to lay out your website. What should you put first? Like your website should literally, if you can have a smiling face, because people just like smiling faces. If that's like usually the first thing that greets somebody, psychologically it's like, okay, that's like, it's my place, you know, not that you have to have it, but it's a trick that you could use in your website to just make it more friendly, more inviting, or like a really high end uh, photography in the front end or a nice video that could like quickly showcase what you do, but it's high quality. Right. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I'm sure that you're going to be able to grow. It, it's going to go well for you. You just need to kind of buckle down on some of the office side of it because you know that you're a perfectly capable screen, screen printer. There's no reason why that shop can't be doing like a decent amount of revenue, even with one auto. I'll leave you with this. I I, I saw this uh, recently. This guy, he had put a video, uh, some type of guru, sales guru. And he talks about there's four, there's four different levels of that you got to climb. Like there's four levels, how you could get yourself, like how you could make more money. Like the first level is when you are, like just doing the thing. Let's say you are a screen printer. Like you are exchanging your energy for money, right? Or your time for money. That's level number one. You are the implementer. Number two is like when you could get above that and you could become, say, a team leader, right? You start leading people and then you could have people help you out and you become a manager, right? So usually your salary goes up, you make more money because now you've doubled yourself somehow, right? Number three is if you could communicate really well. Because if you could communicate really well, and most people cannot, you could get ideas out of your head to like, and you could just sell. Like if you notice most of the, from what I see, some of the people that's online, like the one that communicates really well is the one that's winning, right? They either have good personality, they could get in front of the camera, which that's not a skill that I have actually. It's something that it's in the back of my mind that like, hey, this is the path. Like you could get stuck at level one, at level two, level three. Actually, all of us like right now are at level four, but only if you like truly activate. Level four is you creating something, right? So for example, you created your business, right? So as a creator, but then 
allow other people to do everything else that for allow other people to communicate real well about your business allow managers to run it allows implementers to run it and then you get yourself out of the way and clone that right so those are the levels to like like for me i look at it as like know where you are and knows like where you really got to get to to like make them like and a screen printing shop as the owner you should be at level two or level three right you don't want to be stuck at level one like you're doing for sure you're doing all of that stuff you should be out there managing your people and level up to like where you could like become the face of your business you know the face of you represent your business to the community to wherever to right and that's where like that's where the money comes at like if you could crack that nut the money comes start coming in right there and i'm i'm noticing some of that yeah well thanks so much for your time i think it was a really good um episode and i think people listening will get a lot out of it too so i appreciate you coming on yeah. absolutely yeah it was great so i appreciate you guys you know giving me some things to think about and and some encouragement to continue you know continue with what i yeah. got going here well, I expect your homework to get turned in in about a week. So I'll be checking the website. By the time <laughs> this goes live, people should see a new website. Heck yeah, man. All right. Will do. Good talking to you guys. Bye. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye. Talk to you later. Yeah. Bye.